You're listening to the Online Marketing Made Easy Podcast, episode number 127. Welcome to the Online Marketing Made Easy Podcast. Business advice so easy, you'll feel like you're cheating. And now your host, Amy Porterfield. Welcome back to another episode of the Online Marketing Made Easy podcast. And today we have our resident ads guy in the house, Rick Mulready. How the heck are you? I am doing awesome. I'm super pumped up for this Q&A episode. It's going to be really good. This is the thing that gets me so excited. Every time we do an episode together all about Facebook ads, I post in my private Facebook groups and I ask my students, what do you want to know about Facebook ads? And there's like a flood of questions. Now, to be quite honest, when I first see all the questions, I stress out because I want to help everybody. And there's only a certain amount of time we have on this episode. So then I start to think, okay, what are the best questions that will help the masses here? And so we chose a few of them that we think are going to be incredibly valuable to most listening today. So give us a little hint as to the stuff we're going to cover. Yeah. And there were a lot of questions, but what we did here was we kind of grouped them together by, by kind of topic or category, if you will. So a lot of questions, I think there were like four, five, six questions around like, what do all the numbers mean? So when you're reading how your ads are doing, what do all the numbers mean? So we're going to cover that topic. We're going to be covering how to set up your campaign from an ad set perspective. Like, is there a proper number of ad sets that you should have in your campaign? How do you set up the targeting per ad set? We're going to get into strategy as far as like list building versus, okay, how do I start making money from my list I'm building? And then we're going to be talking about more specifically kind of about targeting and how to reach kind of a, a specific audience. So many good topics we're going to dive into. Now, you've been a busy bee these last few days. And I, I want to mention this because since you come on the show so regularly and give so much incredible value, people are always asking me, where they can go to learn even more from you. And you've got a free webinar coming up, right? I do. Yeah. We're going to be talking about how to create an automated system that brings in leads and sales every day for your online business using Facebook ads. I am super pumped about it. Okay. This is going to be a good one. So if you go to amyporterfield.com forward slash Rick, you can sign up for his free webinar. He's actually doing it live. So the day that this goes live, he's got one today and one tomorrow. So I want you guys to really jump on this so you can be a part of the live experience. He is going to cover a lot around Facebook ads, dive even deeper than we're going to go here today. Definitely worth checking out. Okay. So are you ready, Rick, to dive in? I am ready. Let's okay. do it. So let's start out with Rachel's question. And Rachel said, I would love to know for each ad campaign, how many ad sets would be the best amount and how many ads for those ad sets? Is there benefits to how many you have? And I love this question because I think many different ad experts do this differently. So it's not necessarily a black and white answer. Is that right? Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's correct. Great. But I want to know from you, based on your experience and working with thousands of students, what would you suggest for Rachel and anybody else that has this question? I think Christina also had the exact same question. So I think it's a good one. 
Yeah, and then also Bennett, Bennett Cohen had a, a very similar question. Can we read that one as well? Yeah, so... We'll, we'll be able to answer both of them at the same time. Okay, so Bennett said, question on ad sets where each ad set targets the followers of a Facebook page. I have 17 Facebook pages whose followers I'm targeting in my new campaign. 13 of the 17 pages have 20,000 to 30,000 likes. Only one of the 17 pages has over 64,000 likes. Each page has two ad sets, one for mobile and one for desktop. Each ad set has its own budget. 34 ad sets seems overboard. I'm thinking of combining the smaller ad sets into one larger one. Any downside to this? Such a great question. So with between Rachel's and Bennett's question there that we just read and who is the other Christina. one? Christina. Christina. Okay. So basically with, I want to kind of address Bennett's question first, where he said, 34 ad sets seems overboard. With my last launch, when I ran a Facebook ads for my April launch of the FB Advantage, I had something like 767 ad sets. Okay, shut your mouth. <laughs> so, so Bennett, 34 ad sets is not overboard. <laughs> the idea is to start off wide and so you have lots of different ad sets to target. And what you're doing when you start off is testing to see which ones of those ad sets are going to work the best. And so if you start off with 34 ad sets, you're not going to continue to run all 34 ad sets during your, during your campaign. You're going to start off with that many, but then start to filter down to the ones that are truly working for you and performing the best. Now, to kind of further that, what, what Bennett is asking about is, should he start to combine the, the ad sets because of the potential target size he feels is a little bit small? So 13 of the 17 Facebook pages that he wants to target are between 20 and 30,000. Only one, he says, has over 64,000. My recommendation is to still break out each one of those individual Facebook pages in each of its own ad sets. Because when you don't do that at first... If you start combining all those different Facebook pages into one ad set, you don't know which one is performing the best. You don't know which one is you know, bringing the results of the other ones down. So you've got to break them out first to figure out which of those interests, which of those Facebook pages are going to perform the best for you. And then after that, once you start to figure out after that, if you want to, then you can start to combine them into fewer ad sets. But what I will say, though, if you do that is combine like Facebook pages, meaning like you don't combine something like, I don't know if you're targeting the Wall Street Journal, but then you're targeting Amy Porterfield. That's very different, you know, so you'd want to target maybe like the Wall Street Journal and the New York Times together. Oh, gotcha. And, okay. And then, yeah. And then like Amy Porterfield and Social Media Examiner, you know what I mean? So you're combining interests that, that are similar to each other if you want to start combining them. Okay. And, I like that. Definitely. Yeah. And then so that kind of answers Rachel's question as well as she's asking how many ad sets would the best amount be? There is no best. It, it just depends on really what kind of audiences that you want to target, what your budget is, because you do have to set a budget per ad sets. And then to take it a step further, Rachel's saying how many ads per ad set. And what I like to do is when I'm split testing different ads, I do like to put one ad in each ad set. Because what I've found, and we've experimented with this a lot, is when we put multiple ads within an ad set, Facebook, quote unquote, declares a winning ad 
I just, as I said that, Amy, I was just using air quotes. No, don't as use I air quotes. That. You're not allowed to. <laughs> Couldn't you see that? I was doing that. I, I, I really that. felt it through the mic. <laughs> as I was doing that, I was like, why am I doing air quotes right now? So Facebook is declaring a winning ad far too quickly. So for example, if you have like two or three ads within an ad set, you start your ads, let's just say at 7 a.m. in the morning. Well, within the first few hours, Facebook is picking one of those ads that is already out of the gates performing the best and then puts all of its delivery emphasis on that one ad and then doesn't give much love at all to the other ones. When in reality, the other ones still could be really good ads. Facebook's algorithm just didn't give it much chance to you know, deliver to those other ones. That's why I like to break ads up if I'm going to be doing split testing and so put one ad per ad set. Okay. So I have a question about that. In Bennett's case, he has, let's say, 17 different Facebook pages and he's breaking them up into mobile and desktop. So he's got these 34 ad sets. Is he using the exact same ad for all 34 ad sets? Yes, I would do that. I would do that. And then when he feels that maybe there's some ad fatigue, he changes the ad? Yeah, exactly. Exactly. So Bennett's probably saying, well, I don't have a big budget. I'm just guessing. So if each ad set has its own individual budget and I have 34 ad sets, and let's just say that the minimum spend I can do per day is $5. Well, now I'm looking at $150 a day. And he's probably saying, well, maybe I don't want to spend that much money. So you choose, you start testing. So you, you just group, you know, instead of starting off with 34, maybe you start off with five of those ad sets and targeting groups and see how those do. And then you run those for a few days and then you start mixing in other ad sets where you are turning off the ones that are not performing well and then starting new ones to see how they perform. It's just a big, you know, you're always testing to find out which ones are performing the best. Okay. And do you like Bennett's idea of breaking them up into mobile and desktop? So those are two separate ad sets. I do. And of course you can combine them into one ad set. And then once they are running Facebook, you can see in Facebook's reporting how the mobile and how the desktop are performing, which is great. It's good that they break it down like that. But what I don't like about that is if you're getting results If you're getting better results, let's just say from mobile than you are desktop and desktop is bringing down the overall performance of that ad set, it's kind of telling face, you can be getting better results. In my experience, what we've seen is that when you break them out, mobile in one ad set, desktop in another ad set, you know very specifically which one is doing better and you don't have one dragging down the results of the other one. Does that make sense? It does. Now, as you went through Rachel and Bennett and Christina's question around ad sets and ad campaigns, a question kept coming to mind because I hear my students ask me it all the time. Now, you're not going to love this question, Rick. However, I do think you can add a little context around it in the sense that they always ask me, how long do I run my ad to know if it's a leading contender so I could turn off the other ones? Like, Mm. What's the period of time that they should be running these ads? Oh, I do love this question. Oh, good. <laughs> I do love it because this is one of the biggest mistakes that I see people make is that they don't let their ads run long enough. And so going back to the example of, okay, if I start my ads at seven in the morning, people really want to know, and I, myself included, I totally get it. Like you want to know as quickly as possible. Okay. How are my ads running? Yes. And you're, let's just say you're checking your ads at like two o'clock in the afternoon and they've been running for seven hours and they go in and look at the results and they're like, well, these are not very good results so far. You've got to give your ads time 
for Facebook's algorithm to do its thing. You've got to give time to get your ads into the algorithm. You know, Facebook wants your ads to succeed. And that's what the algorithm is trying to do. It's trying to get you high-performing ads when you start your ads. So I recommend at least two to three days. So 48 to 72 hours, don't touch your ads. Once your ads are supposed to start, I would go in there and confirm that they're live, but that's it. Like confirm they're live, okay, good. And then go back a couple of days later and then check in with your ads because you got to give time for Facebook's delivery algorithm to start doing its thing. Nice, okay. I'm glad that we put a stake in the ground with that one. I think my students really needed to hear that. Okay, so let's move on to the next question. And Christina had a two-part question. And the second part of her question is this. When targeting people who like a certain Facebook page, should you also narrow audience if you want to target specific types of people from that Facebook page or make your copy in the ad let people know who it's for? So here's her personal example. My personal example is that I am targeting pages that kindergarten through sixth grade teachers tend to like but my target market is kindergarten through second grade. I can narrow my audience by including the job titles of kindergarten teachers, first grade teachers, et cetera, but should I? Not everyone that I want to reach might list their job title in Facebook. Should I just write in the ad copy that the information is for kindergarten to second grade? Thanks for all you both do, and I'm really looking forward to FB Advantage opening back up which is such a cool thing that Christina says because it is opening up. FB Advantage is Rick's signature Facebook ads program. And that's where he is going to teach you everything you need to know about setting up your Facebook ad funnels. So if you want to check that out, go to amyporterfield.com forward slash Rick. And that's what his free webinar is all about. So Christina, thanks for giving Rick a plug for that because I think he totally deserves it. Yeah, thank you, Christina. And <laughs> yeah, we've made some changes to it where it's solely focused on online businesses this time around. Oh, nice. Is, yeah, yeah. It's it's a change that we've made and I'm really, really excited about that. So I want to put you on the spot and reading through Christina's question, is there one word that jumps out at you? Jeez, you're te- really putting me on the right spot. Now. Copy? No, that wasn't it. That <laughs> no. was a good word that jumped right, out. out okay. Yeah, oh, wait, how about it's narrow the- audience? Nope. Am I failing here? All right. One more. One more. Strike three. Okay. Okay. So you're saying in her whole question, there's one word that really stuck out. Okay. It is. And I'll give you another. Job title. Nope. Okay. Don't play these quizzes on me anymore. Okay. It's the word should. (laughs) Oh, well, that was tough. Come on. I was trying to sound really intelligent with some ad lingo. I told you. Actually, she says it three different times that I'm, if I'm looking at the question right, I'm noticing it three different times. Okay. Should you also narrow audience? I can narrow my audience by including the job title. Should I do that? Should I just write in the ad copy? And so I'm picking on Christina a little bit, very much lovingly, because so many people are thinking from a, should I do this? And the answer is yes, you should do it. Because, I mean, I can give you some guidance on how best to approach it, but When you're asking should, usually it's yes, because you want to be testing to see what works the best. When you're asking yourself, should I do this? Usually it does mean, yes, I should test this out. So there's no no cut or dry right or wrong way to do this. It's okay, I just have to test this out to see if it works and if it makes sense. Is that, are you diving with that? It definitely does, yes. Okay, cool. So to answer her question specifically, without being such a... (laughs) 
a wise guy about it. <laughs> no more um, wise guy. I failed no that big guy. time. So she says, should I use the narrow audience? So if she's targeting a page that speaks to or that people who are kindergarten through sixth grade teachers have an interest in, but her target market specifically is kindergarten through second grade, should she narrow that further audience down? And I would say, yes, I, I would test both that. So a couple of different ways to do that. I would target the kindergarten through sixth grade teachers page there. I would target that and then also layer in kindergarten teacher, first grade teacher, et cetera. So that I would test that out. So that would be one ad set that you are testing. Another ad set could be where you're targeting that kindergarten through sixth grade teacher, but then you're using your ad copy to, and I love the fact that she, that she said this yeah. and, and that she's thinking about it this way because we, we forget that so often when we, we know our audience is on a certain page or has a certain interest and we can target that interest, but yet our specific interest is within that audience. We can go about it exactly the way that Christine is doing it. We can start to layer in additional targets to try to get right down to that audience. So I would absolutely test that out. And then yes, I would also test in a separate ad set using the ad copy to further target down within that overall kindergarten through sixth grade teacher interest. So speak to the kindergarten through second grade teacher, speak to them directly while targeting that overall page. Perfect. I think that Christina is going to find that answer incredibly valuable. And I hope you guys can see how it could relate to you kind of layering in some targeting as you're looking for your audience online. Okay. So we're going to move to the next question and it's all about the numbers. So Cindy specifically said, what do all the numbers mean when reading how your ads are doing in the power editor? And then Christian asked a similar question. Kendra asked a similar question and so did Denise. So there were a lot of questions around, you know, how do you know your ads are doing well? What do these numbers mean? What am I looking for? I love this question. Me this too. has become one of my favorite questions to talk about. You're really good at answering it because I've seen you, you on stage answer this. We do a live event for my B-School bonus members and Rick just was live on stage for all my B-School members and he kind of broke down what to do once your ads are running, what to look for. And I saw a little glimpse of this. It's good. So shoot us straight. Yeah. So basically the first number that you want to be looking at is what is the number that is most relevant to the, your objective. And so what I mean by that is if your objective is website conversions, meaning you're trying to get webinar registrants or people to opt into your list or whatever that is, then the first metric you want to be looking at is what is your cost per lead? Because that is the most important thing that you want. If that's what your objective is, that's what you first want to look at. And then from there, what I like to look at when, again, when my objective is conversions, is how many conversions do I have and how much money did I spend? So let's get that right out of the way, right from the get-go. So look at the stat that's most relevant to the objective that you're doing. If you are trying to drive traffic to a blog post, then your objective would be clicks to website. And so now your most important stat that you want to be looking at is what's your cost per click and also what's the click-through rate? Because your objective is you want to get clicks. So look at the metric that is most specific to getting clicks over to your website. And so those are sort of the initial ones. Then what you want to look at is what I like to call troubleshooting numbers. And I like to look at, say, like click-through rates, what is your relevancy score, what's your frequency, what's the conversion rate on your landing page. Now, if your objective is website conversions, obviously, you want to be looking at, okay, how many people 
are clicking on my ad and going to the landing page and then how many of those people are actually opting in. So if you're using lead pages, for example, lead pages gives you that stat right in there. They'll tell you what the conversion rate percentage is. It's another reason why I love, you know, I know that you love lead pages as well. Right. Another reason why I love it is they give you that stat right then and there. So we got conversion rate. By the way, I probably should, as I'm answering this, give some benchmarks. <laughs> yes, please. That was going to be my next question. I knew that was coming. <laughs> and I actually just recorded an uh, episode for my own podcast. Which That's number the, is it? Because didn't you going, get into these specifics? I did. So right. I broke the stats down in episode 100. Okay. And then in 101, which I just recorded the other day, it's not live yet. Well, when it this will goes be. live, I, it will be live. Yeah. So we talk about the benchmarks and all the numbers and stuff like that. Okay. We'll link to those in the show notes so people can find that out. But give us a little hint here. Yeah, yeah, for sure. So for cost per lead, everyone always wants to know, okay, what's a good cost per lead? How often do you get that question? Like 20 times a day. (laughs) (laughs) So, and I think we've talked about it on previous episodes. We have, but we still need to bring it up. Yeah, for sure. For sure. So what's a good cost per lead? It's going to vary uh, by niche. You know, if you're in one niche, you could be having... It's a $10 cost per lead and you think that's amazing. But for other people in other niches, they'll be like, holy cow, I do $10 cost per lead is way too expensive. In general, I would shoot for, try to get under $8. Okay. And again, don't be like, hey, Rick and Amy said, I have to have an $8 cost per lead. And if I don't, my ads are failing. It's not true. But just as a general guideline, I'd like to see For most people listening here, I I think that if you can get under $8, $8 or under, you're doing pretty well. Now, on a cost per click, I'd like to see, and again, this is a a general guideline, I'd like to see under a dollar on the cost per click. Click Click-through rate, I like to say bottom of the barrel, 1%. So 1% and above, you're doing really well on the click-through rate. On the relevancy score, so that's a scale of 1 to 10 And that's basically, we don't really know exactly all of the things that Facebook looks at as far as like what's the algorithm that determines what the relevancy score is. But we do know that it's a scale of one to 10. The higher you are closer to 10, the better that your ad is performing and Facebook is going to reward you with lower costs and more delivery. And basically the relevancy score in like the simplest terms is how relevant is your ad to the target audience that you are targeting. And then Facebook looks at like, are people clicking on your ad? Are they liking your ad? Are they giving comments? Are they sharing? What kind of feedback are they giving the ad? Those are the types of things that play into the relevancy score. So the higher that you are, closer to 10, the better. And if you're in maybe that like one to two, you know, maybe three range, probably need to look at changing some things up with your ad. Your frequency, and these are all like, I dive into all this stuff, by the way, in the live training that you were talking about. Oh, cool. Okay. Yeah, that, that I'm doing today and, and tomorrow. We talk, I call these troubleshooting numbers. And so because once we've determined what our initial metric is, like our cost per lead or our cost per click, then you can start to use all these other numbers to try to figure out what's going on with your ad using sort of these benchmarks that we're talking about here. The frequency is just the average number of times that one person is seeing your ad. And I like to say, if you're in that one to four range, you're doing well on that. I think if you get four and above, you get above four, people start to tune your banner out, tune your ad out. And I call it banner blindness is a term that we've used forever, is that if someone's seeing your ad too often, they're just going to start to tune it out. And so that's where your frequency number comes into play. If you have a really high frequency number, it's not engaging the person anymore. Gotcha. So 
Those are the stats I think you should, in the simplest form, those are the stats I think you should focus on. Good stuff. I love that you broke that down for us. Nice. Okay. Well, talked about that. I know. That's a good one. And that one comes up a lot. This next one actually is really good in terms of looking at your overall strategy. So it's from Mary. And Mary says, hi, Amy and Rick. I'll just read exactly what she says. I met you both in San Diego last month, and it was an amazing live event. So that's really cool. We're so glad we got to meet you too, Mary. I've been selling an online autism course to professionals and gung-ho, that was air quotes for the record, gung-ho parents. Did you do air quotes? I, I actually did, <laughs> just for you. Gung-ho parents, and I've been running Facebook ads to blogs with content upgrades, thanks to your advice, Amy, to webinars, thanks to webinars that convert, to lead magnets, and even retargeting people who have visited my sales page. So she's doing a lot there. She says, I'm spending about $500 a month on the ads and getting really good conversions. So basically she's getting five cent clicks to her blog post. And when she's having people opt in for her webinar, about 30 to 60 cents, which is crazy low. So that's good. And my list has grown from 2,500 to 7,500 over the past 18 months. Awesome. So my question is, how do I know how much to budget for Facebook ads going forward? Now, this is the part that you guys really need to pay attention to because this is where Rick and I thought, ooh, this is something we want to address. Doubling or tripling my list size is nice, but simply growing my list is not generating regular income. Should I sell my online product through an evergreen webinar and or sell my $7 ebook through Facebook ads? So she's talking about, you know, how do I make money with all of this? So I have stuff to say about this, but Rick, I'm going to first let you kind of jump in. Okay. First of all, I do remember meeting Mary. She was great. And she gave me, I have a niece and two nephews who are on the autism spectrum. So it was really cool to talk to her and she gave me a book and everything. So Very Mary, nice. if you're listening, thank you so much. I appreciate Aww. that. Yeah, this is a common thing. So you are spending all, I mean, awesome to triple your email list size in the past 18 months. And so just to kind of in my head to kind of recap what she's doing is she spent this money on Facebook ads to build her email list, getting great results, but she's not ROIing basically. She's not, doesn't have a plan in place for at this time to get her money back that she spent on ads. She's like, okay, I've done this well so far. Now what do I do to start selling stuff? And so she's got a $7 ebook, but then she has an opportunity to sell a bigger program or a service with webinars, which I definitely think that she should do. So her initial question of, how do I know how much to budget for Facebook ads going forward? At this point, I would say move from list building into, okay, how do I get people paying me money now? Yes. And so I would, there's a couple of different strategies that you can do. So what she's been doing with the list building, so she's building her email list, but it doesn't sound like she's making sales from it. With her $7 ebook, what she could do is continue to build her email list, but set up the funnel a little bit differently. So she's building her email list just like she's done on the thank you page after somebody opts in, you could let them know, hey, we're sending you whatever the, I don't know what she was offering with her lead magnet, but you could say, hey, the lead magnet is coming your way. Also, want to let you know, and this is off the top of my head, this is not, don't take this as ad copy. I'm scared. But you're, <laughs> you, I want to let you know I have this ebook that takes you through blah, 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 yes. and it's only $7. You know, some people call this a tripwire, and you know, it's the, it's basically a way to start to make your money back on the ads that drove people to that page. And so she could offer that $7. It's a very inexpensive product 
that she can put in front of those people who have just opted in. And so offer that $7 ebook and then get people into an email follow-up series that offers them. Now, there's a couple different ways you could do this. You could send people from your thank you page right into the email follow-up series that offers a webinar to sell the online product. Okay, so whatever that product is, she could sell it through a webinar and that you could get people into the webinar through the email follow-up series. Or right after that $7 ebook offer on the thank you page, you could also be offering them the opportunity to register for a webinar. Now, if you'd go that route, I would be evergreening your webinar. But first, start with doing the live webinar first. If I'm stealing your thunder, I mean, I No, this is good. So do the live webinar first, really hone that in, really get your messaging down, make sure that you know it's converting and people are vibing with it. Get that down first, and then you can move that into an evergreen offering. And so essentially, if it's an evergreen offering, you could get people into sign up for your email list on the thank you page, let them know that, hey, we're sending you the lead magnet, offer them that $7 ebook, yes or no, depending on whatever they do. But right then and there also, you could offer them the opportunity to sign up for the evergreen webinar. Good stuff. I love that you got into very specifics for Mary and anybody else kind of looking for advice in this area. I think the only thing I'll add is it's all about your overall strategy. And if you feel that you are putting all this money into Facebook ads for leads only, and you are not seeing a return on your investment, then you're not setting up your funnels and strategy overall to sell something. Now with Mary, she said that she was running ads for a webinar. I think where it came to is the fact that she was doing these live webinars, maybe not enough to see money come in regularly. Is that Mm. kind of what you got from that? Yeah, now now that I'm reading through the question here. Yeah, I mean, she was getting opt-ins and webinar registrations for 30 to 60 cents a lead. I mean, if she could continue this and get the strategy down so that she's making money back on this, if she's only spending that much money or if she's getting those kind of results, I should say, 30 to 60 cent leads, it just becomes a numbers game, you know, with this is if we can get the sales funnel converting so that she's making the money back and, and getting an ROI on this, then it's just like open up the floodgates and get people into the sales funnel. Exactly. So I think a lot of people are hesitant to sell too much or to promote too much, but definitely Facebook ads become wildly valuable when you're not only growing your email list, but then you're obviously converting that list into customers. You have to be promoting. One of the biggest lessons I learned when I took on a business partner, I've talked about Devin, my business partner a lot. And even one time, Rick, you asked me like, what do you think was one big shift you made in your business that kind of skyrocketed your success since having a business partner. And I said, one of the things that Devin did really well with me is he encouraged me to promote more often and even a little bit more aggressively. Now I use the word aggressively because I was a little bit timid. I didn't want to email too much. I didn't want to Mm. fatigue my list or I didn't want to be too pushy, but Devin kind of put me in the right mindset to say, look, you've got to be promoting on a consistent basis And that for us turns out to be about once a month. Now, sometimes it's a big launch or just a little launch to a segment of the list, but we're constantly promoting. And that way, when Devin says, I want to spend $150,000 on our ads for this launch, I don't freak out because I know we have a system now to turn the leads into customers. So you get more confident in spending money on ads when you see that they're actually making money. Funny how that works. 
Yeah, I, I love that. I love the fact that you brought that up because once Mary does this a few times, she can start to see, okay, for every 50 cents I'm spending on a lead, I'm making this much money on the back end as I'm selling stuff. So she might make, I don't, I don't know how much her product is. Maybe let's just say it's $100. She could say for every $20 I spend on ads, I'm making $100. Yes. Know, and it's like, all right, I'm going to 5X my ROI. I'll do that all day long. That's a game changer right there. So yeah, it, it takes a while to get there, but definitely becoming a student of Facebook ads and really understanding, like we said earlier, what those numbers mean, that makes a huge difference right there. So I'm glad we covered that. I'm going to deviate one more thing that I actually forgot to tell you about this, Rick, that I wanted to address this really quick. And then we're going to get into our final question, which is about using ads for high ticket programs and products. So that's going to be our final question to wrap up. But before we get there, I wanted to address a question that came through from Penny. And Penny says, after hearing the podcast that you and Rick did about the ad spend calculator. Mm. And so just to let everybody know, this was super popular for us. The last episode Rick and I did, it was number 123. So amyporterfield.com forward slash 123. We talked about how much money should you spend on your Facebook ads to see success with your webinar. And then Rick had this great idea to create this calculator through Google Docs that you can punch in your information and get the results. But Penny's saying after she you know, played with that calculator, she's thinking Facebook ads aren't right for me right now. She says, I don't have a few thousand dollars to spend on ads to see success on my webinar. Now, mm. I wanted to address this because the first thing is, and I saw this from a few people, we did this calculator. And if you punch in your numbers and let's say you want to make $5,000 on your webinar and you're only using Facebook ads to fill up the webinar, you'll see that you've got to put some significant money to your Facebook ads to have that successful webinar. But one thing that Rick and I really addressed, Penny, in the episode, as well as in the cheat sheet we supplied with episode 123, is that you don't need to use only Facebook ads to fill up your webinar. So what I'd love to see people do is go back to that calculator. And let's say if you have a goal of $5,000 that you want to make on your webinar, let's say 2,000 of that will come from webinar registrants. The other 3,000, you can use your email list. You can use free social media strategies like Facebook Live and Instagram and Insta Stories and whatever else you want to use to talk about your webinar. So all the money that you collect on a webinar doesn't need to come from using ads to fill it up. Does that make sense, Rick? Absolutely. Yeah. And I've gotten that question since then as well. It's like, well, if I do all this and my goal is X and I, I put the numbers in the calculator, well, I'm going to be spending more than what my goal is. And so I want to be losing money. So I'm so glad that you clarify. It doesn't all have to come from Facebook ads. There's other ways that you can do it as well. Yes, exactly. Okay, good. So I wanted to address that. And then for our final question, let me get back to our little document here. Katharina says, I would love some insights on doing Facebook ads to sell high-priced coaching packages. Is this possible without a huge several-week-long funnel? So let's say if she wants to target people who already visited her Work With Me page, do they need to go in you know, a huge funnel? She said, any insights on that would be appreciated. What do you got for us? This is such a great question. And I'm really glad that she brought this up and that she mentioned, you know, the work with me page because I like how she's thinking about this. Well, if people visited my work with me page, probably an opportunity for me to retarget those people 
and let them know about my coaching package. So that's awesome. And I would do that. I would retarget people who visited my work with me page. And do you need a several week long funnel? Like she's saying, again, this kind of goes back to when I was talking about, should you do this? It's just a matter of testing. Now, I don't want to like sound all nebulous with that. Like, oh, Rick, he's not giving me a specific answer on that. But you do generally need to kind of test that out. I will say, though, I want to give you kind of two examples of funnels that are working right now for high price coaching packages. One example I'm thinking of is a student of mine. She is a lawyer and she's selling a retreat for female lawyers. And it's kind of like how to get more out of your job, be more happy, that sort of thing. And she is selling a $3,500 live retreat off of a webinar to cold traffic and she's converting. And so all the funnel is, is that she's targeting people, targeting cold traffic, targeting female lawyers, getting them onto her webinar. And then right from the webinar, she's selling into the retreat, a $3,500 retreat. And I think the number that she had said that she spent was, she's like spent like $900 on ads over like, I don't know, two months. And she'd made $17,500 in what? sales. That's yeah. so amazing. Yeah. So she is proving that you can do that right off of a webinar. Now, I think that is kind of an anomaly because if somebody's coming in cold and they're only spending, let's just say they spend an hour with you, but then you're offering them a $3,500, let's say a coaching package or a retreat or something like that, especially if it's a retreat, because that's a live event which is much different than say, you know, a virtual course or something like that. She's making it work, you know, and obviously her webinar is really dialed in. So that is one funnel that is working. What I would normally recommend people do though is get is the same funnel, but instead of at the webinar selling into the actual high price coaching package, get people onto a live strategy call. So her quote unquote, and I'm using my air quotes again here as I say this, <laughs> is you're selling a free strategy session. So you're selling a 15-minute or 30-minute strategy call. So you get actually on the phone with them. And on the phone call is where you offer and discuss and sell the coaching package. And so the webinar is just sort of their introduction into you. You start to warm them up, give them information, and then you get them from the webinar to sign up for a call with you. And then you have that call, and then you're able to sell your package on the call. Again, test different ways to try to make that work for you. The other way that I think what Katarina is talking about too is if I want to retarget people with the work with me page, how long should the sales funnel be? You just kind of have to test different things out. In general, the higher price the package is, the longer the funnel is going to be. But I know a lot of people who are selling the high price coaching off of the webinar model into a strategy call, which sells into the coaching package. Your specifics on this episode have been so dang good. Thank Seriously, you so much. I kind of I kind of feel like when I get into it like that, I'm like, am I losing people? Well, I but, always get worried about that too. And then I think, well, if you can see how somebody else is doing it, I always think that's incredibly valuable. And I feel like that's what you did on this episode. Cool. cool. So thank We're you doing, so very much. I love talking about case studies like that of people that are, you know, that's working for other people too, because Let's not reinvent the wheel. I know you've always yes. talked about that. Don't reinvent the wheel. Look at what other, what other people are doing successfully and say, all right, how can I sort of use that in my own business? 
and kind of customize it for what I'm trying to do. That's actually a good segue. We didn't set it up this way, but what I was going to say is that's what you're doing in your free webinar. You're showing examples of what people have done and how they've applied it. So I think that's why I tell everybody about your free webinar because it's incredibly valuable and very, very chuck full of examples. Yeah, I like to, like I said, I like to give examples of people doing different things. I have another example of I just I hadn't thought about it when I was giving this answer. And spoiler, I do talk about this in the training is of a woman who is a holistic healthcare practitioner, and she sells a five or six thousand dollar certification program. And so she runs Facebook ads into a video that gets people to apply for this certification, and but then it goes into a live strategy call you know, a live, oh, um, I like you know, that. they, they yeah. jump on the phone and then they, you know, they sell it. So yeah, I love sharing examples like that. I do too. And while you were saying all that, I realized, I think I said chuck full. I'm pretty sure it's chock full. It is chock full. Okay. I like chuck full too though. Chuck full is, is a new statement you all can use if you'd like. It just means a little bit more than chuck full or chock full, whatever. Hashtag chuck full. (laughs) Okay. So let's wrap this up. If you want to check out Rick's webinar, that is so chuck full of great examples, tips, and strategies. You can go to amyporterfield.com forward slash Rick. I think that you all have fallen in love with Rick's strategies as much as I have. So definitely check it out. Now, the day that this goes live, He's doing the webinar live today and tomorrow. So don't wait on this one if you really want to be a part of it because the webinar goes away. So definitely jump on it. Yeah, because when this episode goes live, whatever early morning hours of this Thursday, I have a 12 p.m. Pacific time training that this same day and then also tomorrow at 9 a.m. Pacific time. So Friday, 9 a.m. Pacific time. And that's the last one that we are doing. So yeah, be sure if you want to jump on one of these trainings, go to amyporterfield.com forward slash Rick and register for one of those days and times that works best for you. Thank you so very much, Rick, for being here. I love to do these Facebook ad episodes with you and I can't wait till you come back on. Yeah. Thank, this is so much fun doing these things and, and your students have the best questions. Right. I hope none of my own students take offense to that, <laughs> but these questions are awesome and I love doing these. Thanks. Well, we'll make sure that we keep collecting questions from all of you. So keep them coming and have a wonderful week. Bye for now. Thanks for listening to the Online Marketing Made Easy podcast at www.amyporterfield.com.